We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking rookie wide receiver standouts. How do Puka Nakua, Rasheed Rice, and Jaden Reed stack up against some of the more recent uh, standout rookies in NFL history? All that and more on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin. We're still figuring out how to intro our podcast in yeah. the year 2024. Yeah. We're yeah. Uh, we're like 0 for 3, 0 for 4, something like that. But I, I think at this point, I mean, I think the people love it and expect it, Dave. I so mean, it's all good. Who, you know, who would it? <laughs> who would it? Oh, and also... I've been yeah. meaning to say that I just remember this. I have honestly been meaning to say this for like four years now. I forget the name of the gentleman who sent in one of his questions and did the what up roto visit at the beginning. That was entirely, oh, yeah. that was entirely organic. So if this gentleman is still a, a fantasy football player and listening to the podcast ever, uh, please, please shoot me a message. I would love to connect with you. Um, you know, get on Twitter Perhaps, uh, you know, shoot an email over to the Rotoviz radio email or more specifically, um, send it to rotovizmain at gmail.com and they'll make sure that I get it there. Uh, because, you know, a lot of people have said that, you know, it's their absolute favorite, favorite intro in the entire <laughs> fantasy podcast space. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I, you know, I have to agree with them. Oh, it's fire every time. I mean, how do you not get pumped? Uh, who is the what's up Rotoviz guy? If you know, if you know who it is, put us in touch. I suppose who I could go. I could go back through the archives, find that episode, and, and listen to it because it was a bold predictions episode, and that was what he sent in his bold prediction. Okay, along well, with the message. Time will tell. Time yep. will tell. Yep. Hopefully we can solve this mystery early in 2024. We're going to solve some other mysteries on today's show, Dave. And uh, it's it's that dynasty time of year. We want to look backward before we look forward. And I think one of the most important things that we have to do is update our dynasty startup rankings uh, and our dynasty tiers 
to reflect for some of the standout rookie performances we had and some of the you know disappointments. We know that especially the early draft capital rookies tend to hold their value great year over year in Dynasty. We know that. Uh, but we also want to make sure that we, we make thoughtful adjustments too. We've got to be ahead of the community or behind the community in order to end up overweight on the desirable players or underweight on the undesirable players. Uh, and, and I mean, that's how, uh, that's a big part of the equation. That's a big part of the equation for winning dynasty titles. And I've won a lot of them and, and, and and this works. So we're going to look backwards today at a trio of 2023 rookie standouts. We're going to use a couple different tools. This is research season. Dave is going to help drive us through. We're going to overview Puka Nakua, Jaden Reed, and Rasheed Rice. We're going to take a look at what did they do as a reminder, you know, because week to week, you know, you're adjusting to the points per game and the matchups, and we're looking at individual, you know, games versus defenses and trends. Zooming out, seeing what, what was that production? How did they stack up against others at the position? And then Dave is going to take us through my favorite tool, for fantasy football of all time, the road of his screener and some of the powerful things that it can do in terms of comparing individual player seasons across other individual player seasons in NFL history. We can adjust for draft capital and rookie season age and see what these rookie seasons equate to uh, for other similar players and, and, and try to get out a little bit of a crystal ball for what 2024 might look like for each of these players. So Dave, hit me with a drop and let's talk about Puka. I love it, man. I love it because Puka made a splash. That's a splash effect. And, Puka, I mean, Puka coming in, you know, with the uh, the Pacific Islander heritage, making a splash, riding the wave of, of fantasy production. Hit me with that NFL Stat Explorer screen, Dave, so we can show people yep. uh, just what Puka did. So if, if you're new to rotoviz.com and you want to, you know, peruse the site, you can go to rotoviz.com. You can go to our tools. Go to the NFL Stat Explorer. It's a great dashboard. Shows a lot of things in a single snapshot on one page. Easy to navigate. So looking at Puka's rookie season, Dave, he finished the season as wide receiver four in PPR. Yep. Uh, so we could probably just stop there yep. because it is one of the best wide receiver uh, seasons by a rookie ever. Um, but you know, it's, it's not just some fluky thing with a lot of touchdowns, right? It's, it's, it's the role and that's evidenced by the expected points rank. Uh, Puka was wide receiver six in expected points. He did have positive fantasy points over expectation with 28.9 more than expected. So he was wide receiver 23 in terms of fantasy efficiency. If we look at some of the, uh, you know, the usage and, and raw production metrics here, he was seventh in targets among all wide receivers, eighth in receptions, fourth in receiving yards, actually just 28th in total touchdowns. Which so is actually were, a good thing. Yeah, I mean, you, you, could, you could argue that he could take a, a big step forward, you know, yep. the way that uh, 2021 uh, Cooper Cup did. Um, so we'll have to see if he can get in the end zone more next season. 16th in air yards, 15th in Whopper, 11th in Racer, wide receiver PPR, uh, four, as we said. Um, and if you look at his his bar chart down towards the bottom of the screen here, that's the weekly stat explorer. We can see how he finished. He actually had, if I'm counting, five, eight wide receiver weeks uh, and two wide receiver two weeks. Really, really impressive. Three games over 30 points this yes, year. Yes, sir. And seven, yep. game, seven games at 21 or higher. 
So, I mean, Puka's just as absolutely as valuable as it gets. He really did just become Cooper Cup in that uh, in that Los Angeles Rams offense. So, you know, I guess the only other things from this dashboard that we haven't reviewed, uh, 10th amongst all wide receivers in team target share of 29% of team targets. Uh, and he was eighth in Yak, um, which is great. I mean, if you're going to get all those short targets and uh, doing something with them is is impressive. So, Dave, I want to flip over to the road of his screener. And Dave and I have not done any prep work on this yet. We don't know what names the screeners are going to spit out. And we wanted to do that on purpose. We want to react uh, raw and, and see how it affects our dynasty outlook on each of these players. So Dave is going to dial up some filters here. Let us know how you're adjusting the filters yep. kind of in a uh, brief narrative, Dave. And let's see what type of Sims we get for Puka Nakua. Sure. So, what we're doing in this exercise is I go into the Rotovis screener and I give it these parameters where I'm telling it what I want it to search for. And then we can drill into a specific player and get a list of players who had similar seasons based on those parameters. So I'm going to filter for just the wide receivers in their first year in the NFL. And we're just going to look at a couple of simple stats here. Uh, receptions, targets, receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, yards per target and target market share. And I'm going to do that across the first 17 weeks of these wide receivers in year one. Now I could do some more things um, to kind of restrict our search here. Like I could put in weight, um, age, draft pick, but with Nakua being a late draft pick, let's just run this thing wide open and see what we get. Because I think he's proven that his case is a whole lot different now than that draft pick would represent. So when I, I do I want to look at it uh, just real quick. Yep. I want to look at it wide open like that. And then I also do want to adjust for uh day three pick. Yep. I want to just see, you know, cause that, cause that's really the thing, the sustainability thing. And then just finding if there are any other day three picks that ended up being elite uh, dynasty, you know, dynasty value guys after having, you know, an early career breakout. So I think wide open is awesome because that's going to give us all of the best names, but then drilling in a little bit further for maybe, maybe to answer any questions about uh, that. Some of the skeptics on Puka Nakua might. Uh, yes. Have. So when you do this and the one caveat I'll make here is this is a little bit different than how some of the other tools are set up. So some of the ones that we have, we do some math behind the scenes and we have certain weights on models applied that are going to make the more important aspects. Uh, if you're trying to predict fantasy points, for example, weighted more heavily than others. Uh, but we're weighting all things equal when we do this search. So that's the one caveat there. Uh, when I do this, you have to love the first name on this list, Curtis, because that is Anquan Bolden all oh, the way geez. back from 2003 uh, in a year in which he put up 101 receptions 165 targets 1377 yards eight touchdowns and 8.3 yards per target now keep in mind this was back in 2003 that was one hell of a year for Anquan Bolden yeah, yeah and it was out of nowhere too man uh that, that that was really unexpected you know the converted uh college quarterback I mean that that was cr those were crazy times for Anquan Bolden to, to do what he did it was much more of a surprise to get that type of production than the, uh, I think probably than the the second and third names that are on this list. Yep. Why don't we run about five deep? Yep. 
uh, for the listeners here just to create this cohort yep. um, absent draft capital. And then, and then let's dial in for the draft capital. Yep. And then maybe I think one other way that we could cut it is maybe ignore receptions and just look at the receiving yards. Sure. So behind Bolden, you have Jalen Waddle, Justin Jefferson, Eddie Royal, Michael Clayton. I'm going to go a little bit further here. Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, Garrett Wilson. It's a pretty good group. It's a, it's a good group. It's not a group without any warts. Yep. So I think this is the power of the screener, right? We've got a couple guys in there that had, you know, one or maybe only two super fantasy relevant seasons. I mean, Michael Clayton's one of the most famous ghosts, uh, yes, year sir. two yes. and, and career ghosts in history. And Eddie Royal, I mean, that was really, uh, trying to remember where he started his career. Was that a Jake Plummer thing or was that a Jay Cutler thing? Um, I, I honestly, remember, I remember the Bronco I, and the bear. I, I can't, it's been a million years ago. It's too long. It's 2008. I'm, I'm inclined to say it was not Jay Cutler at that point, but we're getting, we're getting back into the recesses of things here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so, I mean, we have, you went about seven deep and we've got five just sterling names on there. Yep. Right. We do, you know, th- this is why we want to dial in a couple different ways. You know, what does Nakua look like when we, you know, compared to other day three picks. So let's just, just to round it off, even Dave, I mean, let's just take it to pick a hundred and lower. Uh, that's probably an easy, easy thing to find on the dial there. And then after we look at just the other day three picks, how does he compare and what names come up? Let's take the filters back off and then just look at receiving yards and ignore the receptions. Cause I think that might remove some noise too. All right. So right now take off receptions and just look at uh, targets. Uh, no, right now let's just compare okay, the yeah. later Apple right. guys. So yeah, so day, day, three, day three guys. Yeah, this is, this is interesting here. So obviously uh, you have Nakua with the same parameters we did before in terms of the stats we're looking at followed by Amon Ross St. Brown, Marcus Colston, Josh Gordon, Doug Baldwin, 2010 Mike Williams. So that's not yeah. good Mike Williams, right? Yes, uh, that's Syracuse Mike Williams. Syracuse Mike yeah. Williams, Darnell Mooney, Stefan Diggs, Alan Hearns, Austin Collie, Tyreek Hill. See, this is where it gets fun, right? Yes. Because now we're getting some day three names that that ended up having a lot of dynasty value. Um and and so you're not quite as concerned about, you know, those those you know, non day three misses with Eddie Royal and Michael Clayton, because I mean, we're getting, we're getting Amon Ross St. Brown. We're getting Marcus Colston. I mean, we're getting, I mean, Doug Baldwin, these are some of, you know, St. Brown's got a ways to go here, but I mean, in terms of Colston and Baldwin, I mean, those were cornerstone guys on uh, offenses for, you know, half a dozen years or so yep. uh, with late, with late draft capital. So now we're starting to get, I mean, Stefan Diggs, I mean, we're really starting to get some guys that, were productive and valuable yep. in dynasty despite the draft capital issue. Yep. And so I think that this can give us some confidence of, you know, if we want to be as aggressive as, as we probably want to be uh, with Nakua in dynasty, we can feel a little bit more empowered uh, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, to me, it's very interesting to see that Diggs name pop up here. Uh, because I can remember being in a league, actually, where in his rookie year, I was able to pick up digs off of the waiver wire. And in retrospect, it's like, how could that possibly have happened? Uh, Nakua, things happened with him so quickly. 
that he came off the waiver wire. But when you start to see guys like Diggs and some of these other names here, it does speak to the fact that uh, when you get these rare situations, you're best to look beyond any of the preconceived notions that you would have had based off of draft capital because there is a precedent that players like that can carry through uh, to the rest of their career. It kind of aligns with what we would expect. But I think you want to go in and play with one more parameter here. Yeah. Well, let so let's let's do two things. Now that we're here, can we look at the year two progression for these guys? You can usually I, I know there's a, a function where we can see there is uh, um however I'm asking you a difficult thing on the fly here. You are, especially because I did not put fantasy <laughs> I didn't I didn't put fantasy points in. Um, oh, no, no worries. No worries. So, then we'll we'll do that on another exercise. Yep. So I let now let's turn the draft capital filter back off. So we're going to look at all draft picks, but then I, I want to turn receptions off. Let's just look at receiving yards and touchdowns. Yep. All right. Just receiving yards, just touchdowns, everything else out. Yep. All right. And and of course we're still just sorting by year one. Yes, sir. Yep. Search database. We will do that. We look at our similarity search. Okay, and um... we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Oof. All right. You got Justin Jefferson, Dwayne Bowe, Anquan Bolden, Jalen Waddell, Eddie Royal, Amari Cooper, Michael Clayton, C.D. Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Devonta Smith, Justin Blackman, Cooper Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I mean, 
That's an impeccable list. Again, still not without warts, but we're getting 70 to 80% quality, no matter how we filter on, on Pukunukua here. You know, if we look at the total production uh, and across all, all draft picks, you know, he's getting a great list. If we look at the receiving yards, which of the raw production stats tend to be stickiest year over year, we're still getting a great list. And then if we look at just at the day three guys, we're getting a great list. So, you know, th- this is really, really good news for Puka. I know some people question, you know, well, Cooper Cup's health, where was it really? Is, is you know, if Cooper Cup's fully healthy next season, will Puka really still have that same role or will they split a little bit more? I think the bigger takeaway here is kind of regardless of how long or how uh, intensely Cooper Cup continues to contribute for the Rams, Puka is going to have some staying power here. So I think we can, we can push him. I mean, very healthily into the dynasty wide receiver one area. The question is just going to be, you know, how high, you know, is he going to bust that top five? I mean, I think that's right around the range. So I love that we're doing this exercise before I hit a weekend update this week. So anything you want to add on Nakua there, Dave, before we take a look at another rookie standout? Nope. I think that uh, we, we've covered everything we need to say there. So I'm thinking we'll go Jaden Reed next. You yeah, might have said, I love it. okay. Yeah, All right. Let's go. Jayden, let's go Jaden Reed next. Give me the NFL stat explorer there. Sure. All right. Wow, a lot of players with the name Reed in our database here. All right, so Jaden Reed is up now on the screen for those YouTube viewers that we have. All right, so Jaden Reed, uh, I tweeted, uh, well, I guess I posted on X. Uh, I'll never unlearn it. Um, I posted on X a couple weeks ago that Jaden Reed was comparing favorably over the back half of the season with uh, Tyree Kill's rookie year, you know, kind of the the, the multiple ways of producing, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of wide receiver one games over the back half after being involved and being exciting in the first half of the season, but not really being very projectable. And uh, man, what an exciting player this is. And, and now with Jordan Love kind of popping out and the rest of that offense, you know, being so cheap and so affordable and having other young players on there. You know, it's not even just Reed that we should really be excited about in the Packers offense, but, you know, as a rookie here who is contributing in multiple ways, this is the guy we want to zoom in on. So despite not having a wide receiver one week, Dave, until week 10, Reed finishes as PPR uh, wide receiver 25 for the season on 16 games. Uh, He had the 36th most valuable role in terms of expected points. He was the ninth most efficient wide receiver from a fantasy efficiency perspective with 50.4 fantasy points over expectation. He had four top 12 weeks, six top 24 weeks, sixth amongst wide receivers and touchdowns. Uh, he, he was not a downfield threat uh, per se, uh, just 44th in air yards. Uh, he, he was 45th in expected points per game, but I bet if we were to backload that for the half back half of the season, we would see uh, you know, a much higher number um, there. So he did have four wide receiver one weeks. It all occurred in the final eight weeks, uh, eight of the final nine weeks of the season. So Reed really, you know, I think after that second 19-point game in week 11, uh, you saw fantasy managers and dynasty uh, managers really start to depend on him in their lineups and get excited about uh, what 2024 could bring. So 
with Jaden Reed, I'm really curious to see what these uh, Sims, these Sim seasons from the road of his screen are, are going to return because this is a player with, you know, better draft capital than, than Puka. And, and we're seeing, uh, you know, some touchdown production and uh, that, that I guess bearing more heavily on his wide receiver rating for the first year than it did with Nakua. This is a different type of production profile altogether. So I'm pretty curious to see what returns we get. Sure. So do you want to do the search, the search like we did the first time where we will do like receptions and all of that? Yeah, I think, I think we could do, let's set it up the same way. Yep. And, then, and then for Reed, I think the second way to cut it would be, you know, let's just like remove round one receivers in the second search. All right, so I'm going to put in receptions, targets, yards, yards. Oh, I need, definitely need touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. I will also put in receiving yards per target. And then we'll finish off getting um, market share in there. Target market share. Okay, I've got, we're wide open as far as the draft picks go. If we run this through here, and then we pull up Jaden Reed, 2023. All right, we have a little bit of overlap here from some of the names we saw earlier, but the first name is Austin Colley, followed by Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Larry Fitzgerald, Daryl Jackson, Tyreek Hill, Deontay Johnson, Percy Harvin, Alan Hearns. What do you Ooh, make of that group, man? That's a pretty fun list. It is. It's, it's, cool. it's cool to see some of the players that produced fantasy points as rookies in similar, in a similar manner, uh, being moved around the formation, getting some rushing work, seeing Tyree kill in there, seeing Percy Harvin in there. Those are some cool names, man. Those are some cool names. Um, and some touchdown scores in there. So yeah, I, I like this list, not quite as sterling as the list for Nakua, but that would be expected, uh, you know, with a, a little bit lower, uh, I guess quality overall uh, from a production. I mean, Nakua, you can literally check every box. It was every single area that he was elite in. And with with Reed, it was you know, hey, he scored the fantasy points. It was a little bit overly reliant on the touchdowns and not necessarily on the. I mean, he only had an eighteen percent you know target market share. You know, so there's 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 room to to grow there. Now, Reed was a second round pick. So I'm trying to think of what is the most interesting thing to do. And when I think about the names that are there, and then I think about how how dynasty managers will artificially or maybe rightfully so protect a player like Jaden Reed in their dynasty evaluations because he had the draft capital. Let's do the reverse of what we did with Nakua. So let's eliminate all the players not drafted in the top 100 since Jaden Reed was a top 100 pick. So you're saying go like 101 so, so on? No, let's go 101 to 100. 100. Okay. Let's exclude day three guys and, yep. and see how the list changes. All right. If we do that, leaving everything else how we had it before, uh, and I pull up Jaden Reed once more, um, our list looks as follows. Uh, let me hit search database here one more time because I don't think I updated. Oh, actually, you know what? A lot of those names were early guys. That's why I'm still seeing them, and there's not a whole lot of change. So you have Jaden Reed, Sterling Shepard, Daryl Jackson, Deonta Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Percy Harvin, Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, Roy Williams, LaVisca Chenault, Antonio Bryant. That's the first 10 or so names. 
Yeah, the first five there, I think we got rid of Austin Cauley. Yep. Who would have been, you know, benefiting of being like the fifth option in like a Peyton Manning offense or something like that, scoring mm-hmm. a lot of touchdowns. So I, I think this is a this is a pretty cool list because those are all names that would have maintained their dynasty value from year one to year two, even if they hadn't produced the way that they had produced. But the, the nice thing with Reed is that he actually did get that production. So, um, you know, the fact that he's not, you know, one, one thing that's interesting about Reed as well, or I guess uh, a, a positive uh, that he has, maybe that Nakua does not, is how many more seasons is Matthew Stafford going to kind of trot out there? You know, the insane chemistry that he developed with Nakua this year, is that good for one more year? Is Nakua Q- QB proof? Is he coach and coordinator proof? But Jaden Reed, I mean, LaFleur is not going anywhere. Jordan Love's not going anywhere. He's going right. to get extended. So this is a little bit more stable, um, even if it wasn't as elite as Nakua. So I, I really like this list of names. Um, anybody stand out there? Or is there a particular bothersome profile that's in there, Dave? Or you feel like you're giving me the green light to be as aggressive as I want to with my dynasty ranking here? No, everything I see here makes me feel like, you know, we should be aggressive. Um, I think that it's pretty rare that you're ever going to do an exercise like this and not pull up a couple of guys that ended up being misses here and there. So none of these names in here really concern me, but I guess, Curtis, if we're trying to make this actionable, right, um, and maybe a tier isn't the way to do it, but just at a high level, right, does this look like the type of profile that gets read somewhere into between maybe like 18 to 24 in dynasty 24 to 30? Maybe could he even flirt with going past 18? I'm leaving those numbers a pretty broad spectrum here so that you can kind of, you know, on the fly, yeah. come up with a, with a thought. Yeah. I mean, I, to, to me, it's a little bit more of high end wide receiver three, like the 24 to 30 range, because we're going to have to bring, we have to adjust and bring in this year's elite rookies. And we know we're going to have some elite rookies that are going to slot. I mean, Marvin Harrison's going to slot in, you know, in in front of them, for example. Yep. Um, So uh, we, we have to leave a little bit of room for that. And then, you know, I still think players like Tyree kill that even though they're getting older, they're just producing so insanely still that even as they, you know, are in that 29 to 30 year uh, age range, some of those guys that are like win your league this year type guys probably stay in front of a player like Reed, yep. uh, even though they've fallen behind players like Nakua. So I, I like that area. We'll have to see exactly where he lands in my post week 17 update from a couple weeks ago where I was really just trying to get people into the right general area of the rankings. I think I had read at wide receiver 36, but I, you know, I hadn't had a chance to really get in here with a, a fine tooth comb and, and, and look at his profile uh, a little bit more uh, intricately here. So I, I like moving him up a bit in that wider three wide receiver uh, three range there. Well, we want to hit one more player, Dave, and this guy, you would talk about emerging over the back half of the season. I mean, he's emerging over the playoffs. I mean, and he has a chance to continue uh, to build his dynasty appeal, and that's uh, Rasheed Rice of the Kansas City Chiefs. All these island games, these marquee games, I mean, you're going to have people salivating. I mean, the, 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 he has a chance to push himself up into the same area as Nakua if, he, you know, if the Chiefs really make a run and he continues to post 100-yard games on an island. 
with all eyes watching and being tied to Patrick Mahomes with yep. Travis Kelsey on the decline. He's going to, he's going to shoot up the boards, man. So uh, you've got Rasheed Rice's NFL stat explorer page pulled up. Now he was even more back half concentrated than Jaden Reed. Yeah. Uh, Rasheed Rice did not have a wide receiver one week until week 12. Uh, but over his final six regular season games that were uh, fantasy relevant anyway. So ending week 17, he was a wide receiver one in three of those six weeks and a wide receiver two or better in five of those six weeks. He had three 20 point games between weeks 12 and 15. And uh, let's see on the season, he was wide receiver 27 in terms of PPR scored uh, 30th amongst all wide receivers in expected points and 17th most efficient wide receiver uh, in fantasy points over expectation rank with 31.8. He was 32nd in targets, had the 18th most receptions. Uh, that's, those are really some of the high points. Did you say I number mean, so two in racer? I did not say number two in racer. Uh, so, so that's, uh, you know, air yards conversion rate. Yep. So that, that's, that's, you know, very important. And for, you know, play, a player to be targeted downfield on the regular by Pat Mahomes, that's going to be valuable. Uh, he had 18% team target percentage, which was just 42nd amongst wide receivers. So, you know, that, that speaks to some of the efficiency there. Uh, wide receiver four uh, team role, but, you know, wide receiver 27 in terms of the production. And he was second amongst all wide receiver, Dave, in, in yards after catch per reception with 8.3 yards after catch per reception. So which is actually really dynamic in the open field here. Yeah, and that's actually one of the drivers of his racer because I think that uh, if you look at the depth per target, air yards per target, actually, he's at 91 um, so this is pretty cool, Curtis, because yak is the type of thing that we yeah. have found is going to be the type of thing that normally you can kind of carry forward. So hopefully this really is his profile at which point then, um, you know, he's going to have a good team target share, uh, could potentially pick up some extra air yards on more targets as well. And then also if he's putting up that much yards after the catch per reception, you get him a couple more targets translates into a couple more receptions per game um, that should raise his average, you know, at the minimum, a couple of points. Um, so just even more here that we can contextually grab from that back half. Well, let's take a look at his road of his screener outputs uh, for rice. I, I, I'm not quite sure what we're going to find here. And I, I'm really intrigued because, you know, as you pull this up, Dave, you know, this is another second round pick. Second round wide receivers have really been kind of a crapshoot. We've seen some elite players from that round. We've seen some absolute whiffs from that round. Uh, he also was a bit older uh, coming in. So that, that's another thing to keep in mind. He is from a smaller school at SMU. And, you know, coming in, I think his dynasty appeal, he was probably unfairly dinged uh, by the community coming in as a rookie because of the Chiefs' other recent uh, rookie wide receiver whiffs. And, you know, I think if we were being objective, maybe something we can learn from the Rasheed Rice situation in 2023 is that if teams invest early draft capital in players, regardless of the team's prior track record, if you get early draft capital in a good offense tied to a good quarterback, you know, those are players that we should give the benefit of the doubt to because if they do hit, they hit in a big way. And that's what we saw from Rice over the back half of the season and we continue to see in the postseason. So what, what are you seeing in the screener here, Dave? So it's only a kick. 
a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. So a couple of names, actually, that I don't think I would have guessed I would pull in here. Uh, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Marquez Colston, Michael Clayton, who we saw earlier, Zay Flowers, who we might talk about in a future episode, Torrey Smith, Jordan Addison, Dwayne Bowe, Devonta Smith. Man, but uh, the, the, I'm going to keep reading two Just more give names. Me those top five again. Give me those top five again. Dude, but there's, there's so many open. interesting names here as you continue down. Top five, though, is DK Metcalf, D. Higgins, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Green, Keenan Allen. I don't know how you can put together a better top five. Yeah, that's the best top five of the the five guys that we've looked at yeah. uh, the, the, in terms of dynasty value. And that top five is probably not going to change when we mess with the the draft capital filters because yep. those are all round one or round two guys um, from what I can recall here. McLaurin being the only, and he was the number six, I think, on your list, uh, the only one that um, was a, you know below round two. Of, are there other names that you wanted to mention before we start messing with draft capital well, here? Well, it was just there's like a fun mix of guys, right? I think I maybe got to Devonta Smith, and you had T.Y. Hilton, Julio Jones. You get Cooper Cup in there, Omari Cooper, Percy Harvin, Chris Chambers. Um, so it's a really interesting mix of players to me here that we ended up yeah. with. There, There's actually no fizzle on his entire first page. Yeah. If I look at that, if I look at that closely... There's, there's no fizzle. I don't really remember uh, what Chris Chambers ended up doing, to be honest. That, that was back in 2001. Yeah, that's. I, I'm a bit older. I can recall that a little bit better. Let me give you the. Let me give you the lowdown on Chris Chambers okay. here, um, Dave, because he he was he was a pretty impressive player. He actually stuck around all the way until 2010 and ended his career in Kansas City. Yep. Um, he had kind of a. He was kind of a Doug Baldwin type that okay. would just get right in that thousand yard range and score a lot of touchdowns uh, for the Dolphins around that time period. So I think this, I, I'm I'm struggling to remember the quarterbacks at that time. I think this would maybe be like the Jay Fiedler era, if you remember that name. I do remember that name. Yeah. yeah, I do remember that uh, name. Yeah, I don't know where I pulled that from, but as yeah. a rookie, Chris Chambers went 48 for 883 and seven touchdowns, and year two. 52, 734, and three. And then from year three to year five is when he really did his damage. And this is why I, I say he kind of reminded me of a, a Doug Baldwin type producer. So at age 25 in his third year, Chambers went 64 for 963 and 11 touchdowns. And uh, 2004 as a fourth year player, 69 receptions, 898 yards, and seven touchdowns. And then in year five, his best season of his career. 82 receptions, 1118 yards and 11 touchdowns. So Chris Cham so so there's the Chris Chambers history. I mean, you had multiple I think two wide receiver one seasons yep. um within his first 5 years and a, and a couple other top 24 seasons. 
Okay. So yeah, I mean, super interesting list here. You want to go through yeah. the exercise now of limiting our search that we're only looking at picks within the top hundred. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't expect it to change much. Like I said, I think it'll change the players outside the top five, but yeah. you never know. All right. So we've done that. The tool is doing its thing. And um, let me just pull rice back up. So, so for rice, let the, let's, let's do another thing just to show off the screener here. Yeah. Um, Cause it, it is the same. It's the same. I think there might be a change in the order. Well, here's, here's, here's what we're going to do. Yep. We're going to go back to the age filter yep. and get rid of the age 21 rookies. Cause yep. rice was an age 22 rookie. Right. All right. And as we probably know, lose AJ Brown and the yeah, rest of the list. That, the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just going to add on to that, you know, as, as longtime listeners would know, um, youth at wide receiver is incredibly important, um, but we would still expect we're going to get some good results in here. So when we do that, Curtis, we get top five, DK Metcalf, AJ Green, Terry McLaurin, Michael Clayton, and Zay Flowers. Okay. Okay. And if we, and if we say no to Zay Flowers, cause he was a rookie, what's the next name? Torrey Smith. Then he's followed by Devonta Smith and Cooper cup. Okay. I mean, yeah. So, so even if we get rid of the age 21 rookies and, and we look at these older guys, I mean, and I mean, we must be pulling McLaurin in because he was at the top, uh, a third, a third rounder still. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is interesting, man. Uh, rice. And, and, and this isn't even adjusted for the offense that he's tied to and the quarterback that he's tied to. Correct. So when you add on, add in that layer, you know, I mean, D, DK, came into a situation, you know, where Tyler Lockett was already entrenched. AJ Brown went to an offense that was built around Derrick Henry and not throwing the ball much. Terry McLaurin didn't have a quarterback. I mean, so it was AJ Green though there just to just to oh, oh, AJ Green. Yeah, sorry, we got we lost AJ Brown in the age filter. Yep. So AJ Green, another one that went to a busier uh, you know, he went to a busier network of wide receivers there uh, with the Bengals. When he came into the league, they had uh, quite a lot of firepower, actually. Yep. So, I mean, Rice actually in the most favorable situation amongst any of those other players that he's comparing favorably with. So, man, it gets pretty exciting when you start extrapolating his his back, you know, back third of the season production over the course of an entire season as a year two guy. The, you know, sky's the limit for a player like Rice, especially as you you layer in you know, Travis Kelsey may be taking a, a bit of a step back. And I mean, he also plays a different position is used totally differently. Yeah. So I'm not sure that it, you know, there's obviously always two room for two guys in a Patrick Mahomes offense. Um, just one, you want to add with rice there? Yeah. Well, what I was going to say was kind of more a global comment here. Um, it might feel like what we're discovering here is that if you have a good rookie season, you pull in a good comp group. Uh, th this, is not always the case. The three it's of them. It's more complex than that. It's for more sure. complex yeah. than that for sure. And I think we ended up with uh, three of the better lists that we're going to see if we went through maybe the last five years of rookie wide receivers. Yeah. It just so happened that we did these three guys tonight, and these are the results. Um, I think as we as we continue through looking at these rookies, you know, you'll see that you don't always have hit rates like this. Uh, of course, there's some other players, and what's wild, Curtis is. We didn't even talk about JSN, right? Who, no. if you go back to the summer, it would have felt yeah. like, oh, like, you know, he's, you have to be talking about him, but that's just how things play out. And I'm really curious to see what his profile 
is going to look like. You know, we saw some of the other names like Addison and Flowers pull into some of our results here. We have not seen JSN. So we don't really know who is going to pull up on his list. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Well, we'll come back with another uh, couple of episodes like this over the next couple of weeks. Uh, looking back at the 2023 uh, rookie class, we can hit on a couple more. I mean, I, we, we may have tomorrow's episode figured out there with with Addison, Flowers, and JSN. I, I mean, think maybe we it's might. Already ready, ready made. Yep. Uh, but we're going to want to look at some of those running backs and, and some of the quarterbacks and tight ends, too. Um, we tend to combine those episodes. But I think this is this is helpful and, and it helps to make sure that we're not missing something in our startup uh, rankings for this year. We got to get these guys really locked in and loaded because, you know, here in a couple weeks, it's going to be full on startup season. I know there's some degenerates out there already drafting dynasty teams. You know, we are going to wait, Dave, until Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty opens up for 2024. Yep. And then we're going to be putting another podcast team in. And I uh, hope to see a lot of the listeners and viewers in there on those dynasty streets with us. So uh, thanks for hanging out tonight. This episode was brought to you by my FFPC.com, the home of Rotoviz dynasty fantasy football. Our triflex format has caught fire over the past couple of years uh, amongst high stakes dynasty formats. Uh, there is not a format that has filled more new leagues uh, than our format has filled or brought in more dollars than our format has brought in. And the best thing about my FFPC and the reason that we partner with them on our dynasty games is no dynasty league has ever folded at myffpc.com. You do not have to worry about joining a league, drafting a fire team, dominating the competition and having the league fold. They will find somebody to run those uh, rosters for you. So if uh, you're looking for dynasty orphans, those are going to be on sale here shortly. You can find some of those over on their website. That's myffpc.com. And of course, stay tuned for all of our strategy and notes on startups here shortly. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.